Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ With Jesus. Deacon Campbell, let me ask you something. What the heck happened? What's going on today? What's happening? You go from a memorable and emotional service of yesterday to today. It's your first Sunday as a deacon, right? Your first gospel proclaimed to the congregation. And what do we have? We have Jesus telling us to hate the members of our immediate family and to sell all our possessions. <laughs> if you want to be his disciple, man, and worship, did you ever think that being a deacon that you may have to give a sermon on Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 33? Father Mark, why me? Why me? Why me? What did I do wrong? I go to church on Sunday. You see me here. And I root for the Mets, too. All right. All right. So what is going on? Well, Jesus was well into his third year of his three-year ministry and a very, po very popular amongst the people. And Luke writes that large crowds were traveling with him. In fact, the picture we have up there depicts that. And it was not easy to travel in those days. And suddenly, Jesus stops in his path and turned around and said, whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Jesus reminds us in Matthew to honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself, whose teaching is enjoying life and to have mercy on others and to reach out to those less fortunate. Now, Jesus has used the word hate before in Matthew and Luke. In a parable of serving two masters, whereby we would hate one and love the other. And in the Gospel of John, when Jesus said, whoever hates me, hates my father as well. But Jesus never used the word hate in this context heard in Luke. Then Jesus went on to give us two more proclamations to be his disciple. First, to carry a cross and follow him. And second, to give up all our possessions. What compelling statements made by Jesus heard today. And I'm sure the crowd went silent and no doubt got their attention. But I do know about you, but it did get my attention and in a hurry. Unfortunately, the word hate is so very relevant in today's society. And we are familiar with what it means. Intense hostility, usually deriving from fear, anger, and a sense of urgent injury. An extreme dislike or disgust. But what about in Jesus' time? Since the language spoken by Jesus was Aramaic, hate in Aramaic was isanyo, and it means to put aside or turn away. And hate in Greek is Maseo, and it means to hate, as we know today, and to detest, as we know today. But it also means, and perhaps what Jesus meant 
and that is to love less, esteem less, and to oppose someone or something. And scholars and many others are convinced this is what Jesus meant, that we are to love him more than anyone. From the Gospel of Matthew, we read in chapter 10, verse 37, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The same message, bold and demanding, but more receptive because the word hate is not present. And what is the message Jesus is proclaiming? First, to be a disciple of Jesus is not an easy task. But it can be done through prayer, hard work, sacrifice, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Do we have to hate our mothers and fathers and sell our possessions? I will go on record and say, no, we don't need to do that. But we do have to prepare ourselves and understand our priorities in our lives. In preparation, we have to plan and understand the cost to be his disciples. And Jesus uses two parables heard in Luke today to make his point. If the builder of the watchtower for the vineyard did not plan for the right foundation and allow for the cost for building the tower, he will run out of money and will fail. Then the builder will be ridiculed forever for not finishing the project. Or the king, who if he does not plan and consider the cost of war, will not know what it means to his kingdom and his people. And it could cost him his kingdom and even his life. To be disciples, we need to pray and await God's plan and understand the cost and once known to take the right action and weave the result of these two components, plan and cost, within the web of our individual lives, knowing the priority and a centerpiece in our life is Jesus. To allow our Lord to mold us just as we heard in Jeremiah. And we always want to be a good, pliable, workable hunk of clay, not dried out. So through our life, God can continue to mold us so we are doing his will and not ours. And as we hear in this hymn, have thy own way, Lord, have thy own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. In the letter of Paul to Philemon, Paul is seeking from Philemon what we often confront in our lives and does reflect discipleship. Paul appealed to Philemon that on the basis of love to soften his heart, forget the past experience that he had with Onesimus, and to begin a new relationship with him. The old expression, to forgive and forget and accept. Often not easy, but when done, it gets rid of that excess baggage that weighs us down, both emotionally and spiritually. And a sense of peace comes over us. And you feel good 
you feel good because the right thing was done. And we have another source for guidance, for us to be disciples of Jesus. It is not found in our lessons of today. They are found in our Book of Common Prayer. And there are two of the seven sacraments in the Episcopal Church. Holy Baptism and Confirmation. It is in the examination of the candidates and when we all share as one voice the baptismal covenant that we make our promises to God and commit ourselves to following the way of Jesus. We just did this two weeks ago at the confirmation service and we'll do it again at this service later this month when we celebrate a baptism. However, may I suggest you find a quiet place and to read them again and reaffirm where you are. And you do not like what you feel, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Because remember, we have forgiveness through the blood of the Lamb. And praise be to God that through His grace and the work of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome our obstacles and begin anew and start planning and understanding the cost to be His disciple. St. Basil the Great of Caesarea, a theologian, and a powerful advocate for the Nicene Creed, in the mid 370 CE, in his writings on the Holy Spirit, wrote this about the work of the Holy Spirit. And I quote, the Spirit raises our hearts to heavens, guides the steps of the weak, and brings to perfection those who are making progress. He enlightens those who have been cleansed from every stain of sin, and makes them spiritual by communion with himself. As clear, transparent substances become very bright, when sunlight falls on them and shine with a new radiance, so also souls in whom the Spirit dwells and who are enlightened by the Spirit become spiritual themselves and a source of grace for others. If we want to be his disciples, and teach and enlighten those to his grace and love and share in his glory and the victory of the cross, then we need to understand the cost and accept Jesus is the true core of our lives and to live accordingly by giving our unconditional love to him just as Jesus gives his unconditional love to each one of us. And to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit and be molded by the plan God has for each of us. And we will then be prepared to carry the cross, following Jesus, and receive a great reward, being one of his disciples. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.